0: Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Eric Almarola, driver of the number 10 Stuart Stewart-Haas Racing Ford. He'll join us. He's a part of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. We'll uh, break that down with him, how his uh, playoff run is going, and uh, look ahead to that race uh, coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks at Kansas Speedway with uh, Eric here in just a few minutes. So uh, you don't want to miss out on that. Our chat with Eric Alvarola here on the uh, Jones Report today. Thomas Bridges here with me as well. Tom, before we get to anything, I got to say, I'm excited about hearing from Eric today. I mean, this is a big deal. We got somebody in the NASCAR playoffs on the show today and uh, quite the background. He's, uh, he's Cuban and uh, one of the uh, one of the first drivers to ever go through NASCAR's Drive for Diversity program, Tom.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hear from him too. That's uh, that's one of the bigger time names that we've had in a while, and uh, that, that NASCAR PR guy got us the hookup. So uh, definitely a cool deal. I'm excited to you know see what he, all he has to say.
0: Yeah, we'll look forward to that as uh, Eric joins us coming up here, and it's just a few minutes from right now. And he spells his name A-R-I-C, and it's Eric, like with an E. I've never seen that before, ever, Tom.
1: No, I've never seen that spelling of Eric. So, I mean, that's pretty unique, so I can dig it. You know, something different.
0: Yes, uh, for sure, for sure. So uh, we'll talk to Eric coming up here in uh, just a few minutes. Tom, you were up here uh, this past weekend for that Kansas-Oklahoma State game, and uh, it wasn't too great of a game by any means. Uh, as Oklahoma State had that one, uh, you know they led from start to finish. But uh, there were some, there were some exciting plays from time to time. You uh, you got to see Puka Williams firsthand and what he was able to do, and some of these other guys. I mean, OSU, OSU put up 48 points, KU puts up 28. It was uh, it was an offensive display for sure. Not much defense. Uh, kind of a typical Big 12 game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, for the most part, and. You know, I always have fun uh, be, being sidelined. So, I, you know, even if it was a blowout game, then it, it's still fun to be there. It's still fun to be in that atmosphere. It was KU's homecoming. Um, got to hang out with uh, that John guy, remind me, refresh me, out outside
0: of halftime, lead anchor of uh, – Oh, John Holt. Yeah, yeah, my buddy John yeah, Holt. Yeah,
1: he seems awesome. He was, he was a great guy.
0: Oh, he is. Yeah, he, he's great. He's uh, with Fox 4. He's uh, he's the man. Uh, had a good time seeing him and some of the other people down there. It is, uh, it was a homecoming for sure, with uh, running into uh, some familiar faces. There was a point, and it, this is a humble brag. I'm not trying to, you know, brag at all. Where uh, Tom and I were just trying to get up to the press box, and I kept getting stopped so many times. I just had to wave people off, be like, right, we, we got, we got to go. We're in a hurry, and we just barely made it in time for kickoff time.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I was just like, okay, Tyler knows this person and this person. Oh, and this person. Oh, wait a second, this guy too. I was just like, oh my gosh, are you running for homecoming king or what? <laughs> oh, what
0: the hell? They didn't give it to me this year. Like, what's the deal? I wanted to be homecoming king. Yeah, that would have been
1: epic. Get you? A, they, they don't even do they do
0: that? They did it, uh, but I did not win. I was not nominated. You had to be part of, uh, uh, you know, one of those uh, big club Greek clubs or something like that of some sorts. I figured as much. Yeah. So better luck, uh well, I'm not gonna be here next year, so otherwise uh I would put my cards in for next year, but that's not the case. But uh but Homecoming Weekend was fun. Had a uh, had a great time there and uh Mike Gundy, he was uh, he he was kinda pissed. I mean he's he's had a little running with the media the uh last week or so now.
1: That was cool to go see his uh this press conference. It was a classic Gundy moment. Uh had had a small rant in there too, even. Going back and forth with Tulsa World guy, Uh, you know, Jenny Carlson, as always, if if she was, if someone was going to bring it up, I would have put my money on her, and she did. She brought up Jalen McCleskey, and it turned into a a semi-classic Mike Gundy moment.
0: And uh, then uh, he got the uh, prank call in the teleconference this week, too. Uh, I didn't see that. What? (laughs) Yeah, he got, uh, there was uh, about two or three different people that uh, pranked him in the teleconference, uh, that uh, said, uh, that asked him about Jalen McCleskey and uh, if we, if uh, we should get rid of the First Amendment.
1: Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> good. And, and I'll, I'll say this: uh, they they say that it was a media member that that did it. Um, they're trying to figure out who exactly, but uh, I mean. Gundy, based on what he had said the last couple of weeks and the way that he's treated people, he he, he kind of had that one coming, though, right, Tom?
1: I think so. I mean, I I obviously haven't seen it. Did he play it off and all in good fun, or was he mad?
0: Um, he uh, he called him fraudulent.
1: Mm, okay, so that's like a um, I'm kind of pissed off word. Yes, I thought he would have took it in stride. He should have took it in stride. He needs to lighten up. He's a man. He's fifty.
0: He's uh he's kind of tight right now. Kind of. Uh, that 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 mullet's starting to grow back a bit. Uh, he's he's a little tight strung right now. Uh, trouble in paradise at the moment.
1: I don't know. As long as that mullet's grown, I think we'll be all right.
0: Maybe uh, maybe he's like Solomon or something, and just needs to let the hair grow out, and you know he'll be all good.
1: That's where the power lies. He's <laughs> like uh, what is it, Samus or whatever? I forget. I probably just jacked it up. But I forget. I forget that reference. But uh, yeah, he's got Iowa State this weekend. Iowa State's not looking too hot so far one and three. But you know, ever since 2011, I don't I don't like playing Iowa State ever. I'm glad when that game is over. So they get they have Iowa State at home this weekend, so at least we don't have to go to Ames. Ohio, Oklahoma State does not do well in Ames ever.
0: They always find a way to you know just sneak up on somebody. Yeah, you know, they almost ruined OU's season last year beating them in Norman. So. I think that everyone is aware of Iowa State at this point. If if you're not alarmed by now, uh, then uh, you're you're living under a rock at this point. Based on what that team has done, uh, you know, upsetting you know the best Oklahoma State team ever, and then uh, a college football playoff team in OU last year. I mean, like if you're not aware yeah. of Iowa State, then uh, you're not taking them seriously enough.
1: Yeah, Matt Campbell is so underrated. Uh, and what he's been able to do at Iowa State, it's just incredible. And did we ever figure out is he Native American? Did we find that out?
0: Uh, we're still working he's, on that. He looks he's
1: got to be. He has to be.
0: I think he is. Uh, we need. Maybe we'll ask him that. Maybe we'll call in in the Big Twelve teleconference with our actual names. We'll put our name on it and ask him. Hey, uh, Matt, are you you uh, Native American?
1: You should. We should do that. That would be a solid question.
0: Yes a legit question at that, and we need an answer to it. So I, I think that might be worth maybe, uh, you know, tracking that down, figuring that out. Uh, Thomas Bridges is here with me. Eric Almirola coming up here in just a few minutes. Tom, it's uh, it's Red River uh, Shootout Week. Um, if you call it the rivalry or the shootout, whatever, you're wrong. Uh, it, or the showdown or any of that, you're wrong. It's the shootout. It's just the Red River Shootout.
1: You know, I can go with two. I call it the Red River Shootout, but I call the game, or you know, the the whole thing, the Red River Shootout. But when we're talking about it overall, like from the beginning until now, like when they first played until now, I call it the Red River Rivalry.
0: Okay, that's the fair. game.
1: The game itself is the shootout, but the whole thing, the whole thing is the rivalry. Fair. I think that's.
0: Yeah, um, but if you now, refer if you call to the it a game showdown, wrong right. If you call
1: it a showdown, it's absolutely wrong.
0: If you refer to the game itself as the Red River rivalry or the Red River showdown, like you're an idiot,
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the game is the shootout. Yes, the whole thing is the, is the rivalry.
0: yes. Um, i I heard that back in the day, some people called it the Red River War. I can dig that too. Uh, yeah, that's not too bad. That's
1: not too bad of a name, especially when you have the cotton Bowl split down the middle. Uh, you know that kind of resembles like a war, kind of like you know, clashing together. I can I can get down with that. Uh, you know I don't know I don't know how the game's gonna. Texas has been so weird this season. I don't even know how that game's gonna go. I've seen people favored OU by you know not the line. I, no, I think the line is what seven.
0: Yeah. We'll get to our I, picks seen, coming up we'll later. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah. Um yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't it's not been much of a war like it used to be, but we'll see. It's always a good game.
0: Here's a stat for you. This is a tease for picks later on in the show, Tom. Texas has won five straight games against OU against the spread.
1: That's uh that's interesting. What was the spread last year? Do you know?
0: Uh, it spread last year was I believe ten, and uh, Texas lost by four.
1: That was yeah, that was a hell of a game last year. That I remember I was drunk in a Stillwater bar, and everyone was rooting for Texas, obviously. But uh, it is Texas Hate Week. I still dislike Texas more than I dislike OU. So I think most people in Oklahoma, I would say, dislike Texas. I would more definitely. than. More than you know, if you're an OU fan, I think you dislike Texas more than you dislike Oklahoma State. If you're an OSU fan, I think you still dislike Texas more than you dislike OU.
0: Doesn't this game ultimately come down to what Texas team we're going to see? If, if, oh, Texas, it always does. I mean, like, OU, I feel like is, is going to do their thing. Kyler Murray is going to show up and show out, and you know, OU will probably put up close to 40 points, but ultimately, if. If Texas, you know, gets their offense rolling, if their defense can get some stops, they have a chance. Otherwise, um, you know, I, I could very easily see OU running away with this. Like it all comes down to just what Texas team we're going to see. I think.
1: Yeah. Are we going to get the Texas versus USC Texas, or are we going to get the Texas versus Maryland or the Texas versus k State? Right. Uh, that, you're exactly right. <laughs> That's ultimately what it comes down to. I'm not a believer
0: uh-huh. in Sam Ellinger.
1: No, neither am I. I'm not. I'm just not a believer in Texas, but they've they've proven me wrong a couple of games this season.
0: It, it feels like that Texas is just waiting to ride out this season and then hope to get either Kelly Bryant or Jalen Hurts at this point.
1: That's what it kind of seems like. They're like in a waiting period of just like, okay, well, this is just what we have right now, and let's just make it through this season and make it to a bowl game, have a decent season, and, and get prepared for next year. That's what it seems like.
0: Because if you, know, you add game, one of those – this is where I'll give Texas credit. If you add in Jalen Hurts or Kelly Bryant to this team, um, Texas is without question a uh, top-20 team right now for sure.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not saying but like in the
0: rankings. I mean like they would finish the end of the year as a top-20 team if they had one of those two quarterbacks.
1: Yes, that is that is fair. I would undoubtedly I would say and, and agree with that, but they don't, uh, and so we're going to find out this weekend at eleven a.m. kind of kind of what Texas is going to do for the rest of the year. I think the first couple of games has just been like okay, it's been back and forth, no real consistency. Uh, I, I think we're going to find. I think we're going to find out about texas this week I mean, and I, even if they win i'm not going to say texas is back i'd say there's about a 10 percent chance they pull this off um but even if they do win i'm not i'm still not prepared to say texas is back are you if they pull this off and win and beat OU, are you prepared to say texas is
0: back i'm not but i will acknowledge that there is improvement that oh yeah things with tom herman now are the best they've been in a long time they still have a long ways to go, but progress has clearly been made. They're on the right track. Um, I,
1: mean, I still feel like they're on the right track to a certain extent. They're not going backwards.
0: Right, right. And they're not staying where they're at. They're not going to be a six-win team again. Um, you know, This would be a seven- or eight-win team at least this year. Um yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to make huge progress, but there is progress being made. That I will acknowledge. Here's the thing on OU. Is it fair to say that OU has not been tested yet this year? UCLA wasn't that good. FAU was looking like they were a fraud. Now um, you know they've lost. They lost a Middle Tennessee State over the weekend. Um, you know Iowa State was without their quarterback. You know Iowa State and you know hasn't proven anything yet. I mean you know Army was. You know I mean their Army. I mean yes, OU did win in overtime, but. OU, is it fair to say they haven't been tested by a serious opponent yet?
1: Oh, it's 100% fair. I don't think they have. I think everyone thought FAU was going to, you know, give them a run. Lane Kiffin, you know, maybe they could do some Hell, I thought. I didn't think it was going to end up like it did. Not a, not a chance. I wouldn't have bet in a million years that would have been the outcome uh, of the game, That you know, the way it went. Uh, UCLA? Not surprised that that happened. Uh, Army, you know, they run the triple option. It's one of those things that if you're not used to playing them or you're not used to seeing the triple option, uh, it can give you hell, especially with the Mike Stoops-led defense. Uh, Army's going to throw you a curve, and it's Army. They're always going to play tough. They're disciplined. Uh, It's just kind of what they do. So I think it's pretty fair that they haven't been tested yet. Iowa State played them tough, but like you said, didn't have their quarterback. Uh so this is the closest that they'll be tested I think so far. I mean, I think this is their biggest test so far and it and might not even be that big of a
0: test. Yeah. yeah we we won't really know till a couple weeks from now, but this is the biggest game OU's played all year and we don't know much about how good they actually are. I mean, it's clear Kyler Murray is the real deal. I mean, like his numbers right now are even better than what Baker's were at this point last year. And he's a better athlete than what Baker is. I'm not saying he's better than Baker yet, but I'm not opposed to possibly saying that at the end of the season. Um, But we know Kyler Murray's good. We won't ever
1: know that for sure. He won't ever get a full four years in.
0: No, no, no. We know that Kyler Murray's good, and we know that this offense has weapons, but with question marks on that defense and some of these other things, we just really don't know how elite OU is? We know they're a good football team, but we don't know if they're an elite football team yet. And this is a good test to see where exactly they're at at this point in the year against Texas.
1: And and not none better, none better of a showcase or a, a place to see this at than at the Cotton Bowl with College Game Day. There, it's, it doesn't get any better.
0: I, I really am jealous. I, I want some corn dogs.
1: Oh man, it's gonna. I wish I need to go. I mean, I don't like either team, obviously, but. One day I need to go see this in person, especially the Texas State Fair, uh, probably the biggest in the nation. I'm assuming uh, we, I'm Texas Texans will probably tell you that uh, because everything's bigger. But I'm pretty sure it is the biggest biggest state fair. There's going to be thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, and
0: uh, a football game, a game right they, in the middle of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, it's it'll be it's one of the most incredible venues. As far as like the game goes, for the Red River the Red River Shootout goes, it's one of the most historic. It's just uh, you know everything we want in the middle of the season.
0: This is the best rivalry in college football.
1: Do you think so? I know so. You you think so? I know so. The best. The best. I don't think it's the best. What is then? I would, I would have to say Michigan, Ohio State, or maybe like Michigan Notre Dame.
0: When, when, when has that game been relevant? When has that mattered in the last twenty years? Either one of those.
1: I mean, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, that's, that's pretty big.
0: Michigan has not won a national title in URI's lifetime.
1: Okay, I get that, but OU's beaten Texas how many years in a row? I mean, it's they've been favored since the Vince Young days.
0: They have, and, uh, I mean, there's been a, a downward turn for Texas, obviously, but, I mean, there's still been some great games over the years. Texas has, you know, won an, i mean, they were in the national championship against Alabama not that long ago. Um, you know, Colt McCoy's senior year and everything. I mean, they're not that far removed. I mean, there are a lot—we're talking about Texas was a lot closer to being relevant— on the national stage of contending for titles than we're talking about with Michigan. Um, you know, Heck, even Notre Dame hasn't won a national title in our lifetime. If you want to bring up Michigan-Notre Dame, Notre Dame, other than getting blown out by Alabama, they haven't been relevant on the national scene in, in, so as a saying, realistic title contender either.
1: So you're saying best rivalry in the past 10 years or best rivalry ever?
0: No, oh, ever. I, I, it's an all-encompassed factor. It's what you've done for me lately and the history of it. I'll take OU you Texas over anything.
1: Really? See, hmm, I still got to go with Michigan, Ohio State. I, that's my. That's one of my favorites. I don't. I mean, ugh, I don't know.
0: What about, about
1: to uh, disagree? Did
0: you hear this story about Mike Leach and the uh, the fake uh, play chart that came out?
1: We did. We talked about that. I, am I surprised? No.
0: Man, this is, uh, that's hilarious that Mike Leach, of course it was Mike Leach of all people, had a uh, play sheet with uh, a script and everything laminated, put Kale Gundy's name on it, had Trent Smith carry it out and accidentally drop it from the Texas bench. One of the Texas student assistants passes it along to Tom Herman and some other guys, and uh, they fell for it. OU jumps out to a 17-0 lead. Texas would go on to win that game back in 1999. But even more adding to the uh, Mike Leach legacy, Bob Stoops didn't even find out till after the game. Um, Mac Brown did not know about it either. They didn't tell Mac Brown what was going on. These are the tales that make a rivalry great that adds to it. I mean, this just came out today. They were finding out this story. That is fantastic. That is a great thing. Mark Mangino said um, that he was told, uh, don't you tell Bob Stoops uh, a, a thing about this. Don't tell him a, you know anything about this whatsoever. Uh, and uh, he kept his mouth shut about it and just, you know, they went on their way. That's hilarious to me. I, I love that, and uh, that adds to the legacy of this rivalry, and then also it's one of the most Mike Leach things I've ever heard of.
1: Oh, it's the most Mike Leach thing. Other than putting a player in the closet, that's the most. That comes the player in the closet is the most Mike Leach thing. Second has got to be has got to be that. I mean, it's they're very close. I mean, if you looked up the most Mike Mike Leach thing in like in the dictionary, it's those are going to be the two examples <laughs> by far.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love the creativity. And the fact that Texas fell for it. I mean, OU was able in this game to pull off, uh, get Texas to think they were running a double reverse. Instead had Josh Heupel throwing, you know, 50-yard touchdown bombs. I mean, that is, that is clever. And uh, But even more clever to the fact that Texas gets down 17-0 and they fall for this script and still come back to win. Both those things are uh, incredibly impressive.
1: Oh yeah, I'm surprised that they came back to win after being down seventeen nothing. Um, it would have been ten times as funny if OU would have won that game and they would have, you know, kind of attributed that to the dropping, you know, going down seventeen seventeen nothing. Right. And that would have been that would have been one of the most Texas things ever.
0: Oh my goodness, um, yeah, that was. I I bet that uh that on the play chart Tom Herman got distracted because there was like some number for some stripper or something.
1: Yeah probably they probably got those clicker cards from Vegas and he probably was calling during halftime. Then hey, can you meet me down here?
0: <laughs> I got some high school coaches that want to come with me.
1: Yeah no, yeah. no joke. That I'm I'm glad that they released this. Yes. During this week, like if they would have released it any other time in the season, like after this game, it wouldn't have been near as funny, or it wouldn't have been near as like ha ha. I wouldn't have been. This is the perfect time to drop this.
0: Oh, beautiful! The week of this game, yeah, that's uh, that's outstanding. Coming up next, it's uh, Eric Almirola, NASCAR driver, set to join us. We'll talk about his uh, NASCAR playoffs run and also look ahead to Kansas coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks. That's coming up next. Eric Almirola here on the Jones Report. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome into the program, he's the driver of the number 10 Smithfield Ford for Stuart Haas Racing, and he has advanced to the round of 12 of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. It is uh, Eric Almirola who joins us right now. Eric, what's uh, happening, man? Thanks for the time today, man.
2: Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm currently driving to the shop to go have a have a meeting about uh you know getting ready for this next round of the playoffs
0: man eric i was watching the, the race sunday and uh that that last couple laps when you were fighting for your playoff life to uh, stay alive that was some of the best racing i've ever seen from you man i mean tell us walk us through those moments of, of those final laps when uh, you were battling it out and ended up in a three-way tie for those uh, final two
2: spots uh, it's crazy man um just really crazy and and intense and um you know just you gotta go you gotta i mean that's that's a chance right there to to you know set yourself up to make it to the next round of the playoffs to go continue running for a championship and you gotta you gotta lay it all on the line and and that's what i did i was I tried to be as conservative as I could most of the day, and most of the day we were plenty good on points. We were plus 11 at one point. We were plus 18 at one point. And then that wreck there at the end happened, and we got some damage from it, and we had to come down pit road and basically start last. And they came on the radio and told me that we were minus six points. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, And so coming to that restart – I knew I just had to go like hell and pass as many race cars as I could.
0: That is uh, awesome. It, it was great to see, and what an exciting race that was. I know that a lot of the drivers uh, had said they weren't excited about the roval, but you guys put on quite the show, it seemed like, on uh, Sunday from start to finish and the way that ended up playing out, just the race overall. That was exciting racing there at uh, Charlotte. What would you make of the roval uh, on uh, last Sunday?
2: Well, it was It was wild. Um, it was exciting. It was wild, and, and I still I still have heartburn over the fact that that race is a cutoff race in the playoffs. Man, that is uh, that is so intense. I guess it's I guess it makes great TV, and it's really good for the fans. Um, and I'm glad that we came out on the good the good side of that. Um, but when you're in that position, and you you know when you're in my seat as a driver. You want that weekend to be as boring as possible. You want to go out there and run, you know, top ten and not have any drama at all and everything go perfectly smooth and and then be able to transfer on to the next round Um, and, and Sunday was anything but, you know, calm or smooth or any of the above.
0: Erica, now you're in this uh, round of 12. It's your first year with Stuart Haas Racing and everything. Has uh, this year kind of you know, met your expectations or surpassed them? What's uh, been this year like overall, first year at Stuart Haas Racing? You guys seem to be doing you know, having a really good year at this point. Uh, probably surprising a lot of people in the sport how well you've run uh, all season long.
2: You know what? I think you're right. I think we have surprised a lot of people. I think there was a lot of question marks about you know, if I was a good race car driver or not, um, you know, just based on my results from the last six years, um, I think there's a lot of question marks around the 10 car, um, just based on their results from the last several years. So I think when you look at, when you look at those things, I think it's fair, um, to say that, you know, people weren't sure what to expect and, and to be able to, to make the playoffs and to transfer now to the round of 12, I think, I think we've answered a lot of questions, um, and I think that we're still, as a race team and me and, and my group with the 10 team and everybody on this Smithfield team, we're still growing. We're still new and young and, and learning each other, and, and, you know, this is uh, this is kind of uh, a work in progress, and to have the results and to have the, the success that we've had so far already um, I think speaks volumes about where we're headed.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely so. That's a, de- a great start to, uh, to your tenure at a Stuart Haas Racing. And uh, you guys are still looking for that first win since you moved over to uh, SHR. Uh, I know that you guys are focused on uh, you know trying to chase this championship and win the Cup. But uh, getting that first win off your back at Stuart Haas is still got to be a major accomplishment. Do you feel like one of these next few races, maybe even you know down the road here at Kansas Speedway, could give you an opportunity to do so?
2: I really do. I think so. Um, you know, that, that could be could be a great place and a great a great opportunity for us to go and um, you know, challenge to to win a race and we've been good, man. We've been competitive and we just haven't been able to seal the deal the the weekends where we've had cars capable of winning, um, we just haven't haven't got it done. We've uh we've we've been in position a few times. We've had cars that were fast and capable of doing it and uh we just haven't got it done. So Hopefully we'll get it done this weekend at Dover, and uh, which should be a great race, and hopefully everybody tunes in. It's going to be on NBC Sports Network on uh, Sunday at 2 o'clock. And then if not at Dover, um, you know, I really hope to get it done at Talladega. we got a really cool paint scheme at Talladega that I'm fired up about. We've got the Bacon for Life paint scheme. Smithfield is going to be giving away Bacon for Life to somebody, um, which is really neat. So you can go to any local grocery store um and get a package of smithfield bacon that says bacon for life on it and you go home and you enter there's a code on the inside and you enter that at smithfield.com backslash bacon for life and that registers you for an opportunity to literally win bacon for the rest of your life um
0: oh you got be <laughs> sold insane.
2: there it's pretty insane that they're doing that, but that's that's really cool.
0: Eric, I am all in on this. Like, I, I need to win this. You don't? Know, I know. I don't know how badly you know. I want this now. Now that you mentioned this, Dude, how much? Speaking of which, now, since you brought it up anyway, how much free bacon and, and stuff are you getting from Smithfield? I mean, that's if you're going to have any sponsor. I mean, Smithfield is a good one to have.
2: Absolutely, I I get. <laughs> I get more bacon than I deserve. I can tell you that. I, uh, I, I get, I get a lot of stuff. They, they are really, really good to me. They treat me well. Um, my kids love it. You know, we, we, uh, we, we eat our fair share of bacon, um, and the Almarola house. We, we also, you know, tear through the, the tenderloins. The, they got pre marinated tenderloins. They've got incredible, um, you know, pork chops and the, you know, the butts that they have when I have time off and I can actually enjoy the weekend, uh, you know, it's fun to to get the smoker going and, and, and smoke some Smithfield uh, pork. And I just I, – they're a great sponsor. I've really enjoyed my relationship with them. And somebody's going to get to have an opportunity to have bacon for life, just like me.
0: Oh, and, and you get it for life. Now, that's a great deal right there. It reminds me of uh... – of happy gilmore and his subway for life card that he had in uh that's in that right. movie that, that yeah. that's you with smithfield that's fantastic that's right eric uh tell me about your background you you grew up on an air force base how'd you get in, involved in, in racing and all that man
2: yeah so i grew up watching my grandfather race my grandfather um raced wing sprint cars on dirt in tampa and when he retired from doing that i i was eight years old and he bought me a go-kart and I took off go kart racing and then started stock car racing at 15 and went from stock car racing and got an opportunity to move to North Carolina to drive a stock car for Joe Gibbs. And, uh, and then kind of the rest is history. I've worked my way up the ladder, fell down the ladder and had to crawl my way back up the ladder again. And, and here I am today, um, you know, with an opportunity to go run for a championship in the cup series. So, um, pretty fired up about it.
0: And you were one of the, uh, and you're Cuban. In case people don't know, you were one of the first drivers to go through the uh, Drive yep. for diversity program.
2: Yeah, that's right. I was, uh, I was one of the first first drivers, actually the first uh, driver to have an opportunity to go through the uh, the diversity program. So, yep, really grateful and proud about that. Um, my dad and his whole family came from Cuba in '66 on the freedom flights and. Um, you know, work their way into uh, gaining citizenship here. My dad joined uh, the the U.S. Air Force um, to to get his green card and to gain his citizenship here in America, Um, and my grandparents have just been diligent, hard workers, and have, uh, you know, have put in the time um, to become Americans, And, and I am so proud to be an American and so grateful for what my family has sacrificed and everything that they've done they came from cuba in 1966 and when they left they had to give the cuban government back everything they own they had a a vehicle they had a house with some land um jewelry you know every every possession they had minus the clothes they had on their back and a spare pair of underwear um they had to give back to the cuban government in exchange for a flight to america and all that just to create a better life for their family and then here I am getting to live the american dream because of you know because of the sacrifice that they made 50 years ago so um really proud of that
0: that's awesome that's uh, that's great to hear and and uh, great to see your success play out so well and and for your family and everything, that's awesome. We're joined by Eric Almirola right now as uh, we're just a, a couple of weeks away from uh, NASCAR being just down the road from us at uh, Kansas Speedway for its second stop of the season. Eric, uh, just a couple years ago, you had a nasty crash there at Kansas Speedway with uh, Danica Patrick. What was uh, what was that experience like and and going through that recovery process? I mean, that was not a, a uh, good experience. Yeah, it was experience. crazy.
2: Yeah, go. it was crazy, man. That was a, that was a really bad accident, and I broke my back and and was out of the race car for seven weeks. I compressed, I got a compression fracture of the T five vertebrae in my spine, and took a lot of recovery and a lot of hard work to uh, to get back to where I needed to be, you know, health wise to get back in a race car. But um, have great doctors and, and a great support system around me that helped me get back, and um, I was able to go back to Kansas Speedway later that year. And uh, and basically get a little redemption. I went back and ran top ten. So um, I always have enjoyed Kansas. It's been one of uh, one of my favorite racetracks, and I run really well there. So. I'm looking forward to coming there in a couple weeks and and putting on a hell of a show and and hopefully we can get that Smithfield Ford Fusion into Victory Lane.
0: Oh, that'd be great! That'd be great to see. Uh, I'll, I'll be uh, now that we've had you on, we'll be rooting you on for sure. This, uh, all right, buddy, man, I appreciate there. it. Absolutely, uh, looking forward to it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you in a, a couple weeks out at uh, Kansas Speedway. Uh, one more thing, anything about Kansas City that that you like? Have you been around, seen much of town yet?
2: Yeah, I have. I've been around town. Uh obviously Smithfield has um you know a, a headquarters there up by the airport. And so I've I spent uh, quite a bit of time up there and then I've got great friends um that live in uh th- that live there in Kansas City. So I always enjoy coming to Kansas City. I typically stay with them um and, and just, you know, enjoy that time. I spend so many weeks a year away from, you know, family and friends and and chasing my dream in a race car. Um, It's nice when you go to a city and you've got family or friends that you can go and hang out with and um, somewhat feel normal for for a weekend. So um, I I always enjoy Kansas City because of the the people that are there.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Eric, appreciate the time, man. Best of luck, and I will be rooting you on here in a couple weeks. All right, thanks, buddy. Eric Almirola joining us. Big thanks to Eric Almarola for joining us here on the Jones Report. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges back here with you now. Best of luck to Eric the uh, rest of the way here in the uh, NASCAR playoffs. Tom, we continue. And uh, before we get to our picks and Tom Fullery and all that good stuff, uh, we get some news for you as far as uh, coaches' salaries have been released for almost every coach in college football. Some of the uh, private schools don't want their uh, info out there of how much they're paying their coach like – you know Baylor. We don't have any idea how much they're paying Matt Rule or SMU. How much they're paying Sonny Dykes? But for 123 other schools, we have an idea of what they're paying based on this report from the USA Today. And uh, big shocker: Alabama's Nick Saban, 8.3 million dollars, makes him the highest-paid coach in a college football with a max bonus of 1.1 million. And his school buyout as of uh, December 1st of this year, 33 million six hundred thousand dollars. You go on down the line. Uh, Urban Myers at 7.6 million. Harbaugh is third at 7.5 million. Jimbo Fisher is uh, also at a 7.5 million. And uh, Gus Malzahn is fifth at 6.7 million. Uh, Kirby Smart at a 6.6. Davo Sweeney at 6.2. Dan Mullen, new head coach of Florida, is right at six million. Your first Big Twelve coach on the list is Tom Herman at five point five million, and uh, number ten, rounding out the list, is uh, Scott Frost's Nebraska. Uh, Scott Frost of Nebraska at five million, uh, with uh, Mike Gundy there at five million as well. Um, and then uh, later on, you see uh, Gary Patterson at fourteen at four point eight million. And uh, Lincoln Riley at uh, 16, with uh, right at 4.8 million dollars as well. Uh, None of this is shocking, but the numbers are continuing to climb. As more TV money comes, the more this money will increase for these coaches. And uh, in 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 no time, Tom, Nick Saban is going to be a 10 million dollar man.
1: Oh, I'd imagine so. Unless he retires or calls it quits or does something before that, which I don't see him doing. How old is he? He's probably in his mid-50s, maybe. Uh, he's probably actually 60.
0: Yeah, Sa- Saban's in his 60s, uh, but carry on.
1: And, uh, he, he, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot to stress over. He wins all the time, so he he's, doesn't he's have 66. the faith that. He's what?
0: 66.
1: 66. Okay. You know, okay. So, hell, I guess if Bill Snyder can coach till he's 102, Nick Saban go to 110.
0: Right. Uh, Mike Gundy at that $5 million, uh putting him in the uh, top 10, that's, uh, that's good company for uh, Mike Gundy. Uh, I mean, I've, I, this is the first time, I think, in Mike Gundy's entire career, Tom, where we can say that he's being paid what he deserves.
1: I think so, uh, and a lot of people thought, oh, he wants too much money or whatever, but they don't understand where he's brought this program f- from. You know, they might not be so you – know, they might not do so hot the rest of the year with with the likes of OU, Texas, uh, West Virginia on their schedule, TCU on their schedule. I still think they make a bowl game, but, you know, after losing a, a all-time quarterback Uh, For Oklahoma State, we don't expect them to. They're not OU where they just pick up and keep going. Um, But considering what he's done, I think it's the last three seasons he's been a ten-win school or ten, yeah, ten-win team or something, something like that. He deserves that money. Uh, It won't be long until Lincoln Riley passes him at the rate he's going. Um, But oh yeah, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln
0: Riley may be sixteenth and at four point eight million, but. His money's gonna come. Lincoln Riley will crack that top five in no time. OU's not gonna rush at moving him along. You know they don't want to have to. They don't want to just throw money at him like yeah, we're gonna pay you seven million dollars because it looks good. But eventually he will get there.
1: Yeah, oh, easily. I would say within the next three or four years, depending on you know what happens after this Kyler Murray thing. Uh, I think if they can get somebody in there and have continued success after the Kyler Murray experiment. Uh, then that number will shoot up really quick.
0: Yeah. The uh, worst contract in the country is a Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, 13th highest paid coach in college football at $5 million. I know that he took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, and that was impressive, but that was how long ago they didn't win. They That was on the back of Earl Acker and Sugg. Right, and Devin Hester. Yeah um and they yeah. still lost to peyton manning and company but that was how long ago now and what lo- since he's been there he has uh about seven wins to show for that five million dollars
1: yeah exactly yeah so don't get me wrong i like levy smith he was on the rams when they won the super bowl back in 99 um that's kind of he was under Dick Vermeil, and he was around with like I believe Mike Martz was there. Then he got you know got his start with the Bears. I like Lovie Smith; seems like a great guy. Uh, does he deserve all that money? No.
0: David Beatty, uh, I'm sure people are curious where David Beatty falls. David Beatty is not the lowest paid Power Five coach. That title uh, belongs to uh, Justin Wilcox of Cal. David Beatty is uh, is sitting at a sixty eight at one point seven million dollars.
1: That's about one point six nine million more than he should be
0: making. One point six nine. Oh, and uh, David Beatty has five wins, so one point seven million a year. Divide that by five. Um, he's made a lot of money for every win he's had.
1: No
0: joke. And uh, this is good news for KU fans um, as far as waiting for the end of the year comes. Uh, The buyout's not terrible on Beatty. I think this is the number that everybody wants to know, Tom. The buyout, as it stands, without negotiating anything, is uh, $3 million. That's not terrible. No,
1: it it, it beats a lot of the past buyouts KU's done.
0: (laughs) Right? Right? I'm sure they'd be glad to... uh, in a, a few months, just pay that and be done with him. Just write him a check. Are they, are they still paying Charlie? No, thankfully not. No.
1: Okay, when did that over? How much did he? How much was his buyout?
0: Oh, it was ridiculous. It was uh, somewhere between uh, like six and eight million.
1: Fifteen.
0: Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Oh, and then
1: he went to uh, then he went to Notre Dame, and that's who I'm thinking he got the buyout. Ended up receiving. I'm just looking at now almost 19 million for that buyout.
0: I want to be so bad at my job, Tom, that people pay me not to work.
1: Wouldn't that be beautiful to be like, you know what? No, we'll give you 10 year salary to leave this place.
0: Like wouldn't that be? Isn't that the American dream? Is to get paid not to work?
1: I really do think so.
0: Lane Kiffin makes less money at Florida Atlantic as head coach than he did as OC at Alabama. Wow, that's impressive. Lane Kiffin, uh, I I say only, but he he only makes a million dollars there. Oh, yeah, only. Yeah. Um, And then uh, here's another one for you. Uh, People are always curious what kind of money TU is dishing out these days. Philip Montgomery, who is uh, kind of struggling a bit right now at TU, not doing what they were doing just a couple years ago. They, they've kind of hit a, a lull of sorts. Uh, TU as a private institution, smallest D1 school, is uh, dishing out $1.5 million right now to Philip Montgomery, Tom.
1: That's not, that's not bad. Uh, considering where he came from, uh, you know, he did have some good years of success there at TU, and they're just kind of going through a rough patch now, I wouldn't, you know, I I would be shocked if this continues
0: for TU, honestly. I would be, too. I would be, too. But those are uh, just some of the numbers. One more thing. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has never won a conference title in any conference he's been a part of. He did take the uh, Niners to the uh, Super Bowl, so I guess he won an NFC championship, but he's never won a college football conference title. Right. And uh, now... You know he's sitting there in Michigan. They're all they already have a loss on the year. It's going to be tough for them to do much this year. And uh, he's sitting there making his uh, seven point five million dollars. But uh, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, Tom, because that buyout's seventeen million. I don't think Harbaugh's on the hot seat, but eventually this guy's got to be. You know he, he's got to coach more to what he's worth. Uh, I mean, Michigan has underachieved under Harbaugh to this point.
1: No, yeah, the khakis are not doing what they. What they need to do. If the buyout wasn't so big, I wouldn't be convinced that he wouldn't be on the hot seat.
0: Right, right. Because um, uh, I, I don't think I would say this, Tom. I don't think Harbaugh's done a bad job. I would just say that he has not met expectations. They're still a long ways off from where they should be. The progress should be at this point.
1: Oh, by far. I mean, it's. I mean, he's just way overrated, and he's like you said, he's not doing a bad job. But for the money that they're paying him, hell, he should have won a conference championship by now.
0: He should have. He should have. Um, Let's go ahead and get to our uh, picks this week. Uh, Hit the music. Here we go. We talked about this at the top of the show. And Texas taking on OU. Texas has won five straight games against OU against the spread. It's been a while since they won it straight up. OU is a 7.5-point favorite. Tom, uh, I don't think that this is asking too much to win by seven and a half for OU. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, a touchdown to field goal well, No you has got this thing covered. I think that they could win this game by two touchdowns or more on uh, Saturday. No, I don't think it's, I think they'll win. And I think covering seven and a half, that'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think that they win by at least 10 on Saturday. So they should be good.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I got them winning by 14 uh, or more as well. I think 14 is kind of the, what we're kind of seeing everybody pick across the board. So I I think they do cover seven and a half. Uh, Last year, I might have said the same thing, though. Uh, It was a four-point game. So you really never can tell in a game like this, but I I do think they go ahead and, and cover.
0: LSU taking on Florida. LSU may have been the most surprising team in college football this year. Ed Ordron doing a great job with that team. They're a two-point favorite on the road in the swamp against Florida. Florida's still a long ways to go from a being at the progress Dan Mullen wants them to be. I think they got a good coach in Dan Mullen, but uh, that's a project that he's got on his hands. LSU two-point uh, favorite. I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take the Tigers. Go Tigers!
1: You know, I like what Coach O is doing, too, and so I'll take the Tigers as well.
0: Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Ryan Willis Former KU quarterback uh, started for Virginia Tech last week and won ACC Conference Player of the Week. Not sure if he's going to play this week against Notre Dame or not, but Virginia Tech, they lost to Old Dominion a couple weeks ago. They put that loss behind him. They found a quarterback in Ryan Wilvis, and now they take on a very good Notre Dame team. I like the direction Virginia Tech's going. You know, Fuente's a good coach. I always thought Ryan Willis was a good quarterback. I don't know what David Baby was thinking in regards to that, Um, but I still like Notre Dame to cover in this one. Uh, I I really – the thing that stands out to me, Tom, about Notre Dame is it's not their skill positions, but their front seven on defense. And that offensive line, they got some big hog mollies up there, and uh, they they are really good on that offensive and defensive line. That's where the uh, game is going to be won for Notre Dame this week.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I'm going to go ahead and take touchdown Jesus as well. Can't pick against him.
0: Uh, Auburn taking on Mississippi State. Auburn a a three-and-a-half point favorite. Auburn lost LSU earlier in the year. Mississippi State has had their problems with new head coach Joe Moorhead. Uh, I I still got the Tigers to win uh, by uh, three-and-a-half against Mississippi State. Who are you liking this one, Tom?
1: Yeah, I I think it's going to be close. Er, I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout, but I still got Auburn.
0: Uh, Last college game, Arizona State taking on Colorado. Colorado is ranked, um, but they haven't played anybody yet. Arizona, on the other hand, with new head coach Herm Edwards, got a nice upset against Michigan State, and uh, they've surprised some people at this point. There wasn't much expectation for Herm Edwards there at uh, ASU. Tom, I'm going to go with ASU in the upset at 2.5. Put my money on O'Herm because you play to win the game.
1: You might, but I don't think he's gonna win it. I got, I'll take Colorado and the
0: points. All right, let's move on to the uh, National Football League now. Another good week in the league this week. The uh, Jags taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe the best game of the year so far in uh, in the league at this point. Chiefs are a one point favorite. Leonard Fournette will not play for the Jaguars. He is gonna be out. The Chiefs coming off that Monday night football performance uh, where Mahomes played his worst game of the year and still brought them back from down 10 to win that game on the road. KC, I'm riding high on Mahomes and company. Give me the Chiefs in this one. going to be close, but I like the Chiefs at home. You
1: know, if it was in Jacksonville, I would take Jacksonville, but um, now that it's there at Arrowhead, I'll take the Chiefs as well.
0: Falcons taking on the Steelers. The uh, Steelers are without Le'Veon Bell again. He announced he will be back uh, during the bye week, which is still about a month away. The Falcons haven't played great either. This game in Pittsburgh, Tom. You know, I love my Steelers, but uh, I-, I can't trust him right now. I think that they're, you know Mike Tomlin has been a very incompetent. Uh, I'm not, you know, liking what he's been doing with this team. Atlanta still got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and some weapons. I think they're going to be too much uh, for that pitiful Pittsburgh defense. Give me the uh, Falcons on the road. Yeah,
1: I got to take the Falcons too. The Steelers haven't done enough to maybe put any trust in them, especially against the Falcons.
0: Uh, Philadelphia taking on Minnesota. Rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Philadelphia lost in overtime to the Titans last week. Carson Wentz is back. The Vikings have been up and down. Uh, they've had some uh, issues they've dealt with since uh, Kirk Cousins joined this team. Tom, uh, it hasn't been a great start to the year for either one of these teams like we really expected.
1: No, it really hasn't. And, and the Rams kind of, you know, it was closer than I think the game really showed. But Rams kind of dismantled the Vikings on Thursday night. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, and what a hell of a game, though. The Titans, you got to give it to them. Played a great game. That was a, just a thriller of a game. Um, and if this was at Vikings, I would be inclined to take Minnesota. But uh, i got to go with the Super Bowl champs in this
0: one. I'll go with uh, Philadelphia as well. The, uh, the Texas State Championship. It's not going to feature Lake Travis and South Lake Carroll. Instead, it's going to feature the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. Texans are a 3.5-point favorite. They finally got their first win of the year last week when they defeated the Indianapolis Colts in a game that they probably shouldn't have won, uh, probably should have been a tie if a Frank Wright doesn't go for it on fourth down with 45 seconds remaining. Houston got that win out of the way, and they're at home. Tom, uh, if they win this, then uh, Houston could salvage their season and go a whole different direction uh, than what it's looked like the last couple weeks. This is a huge game for Houston and also a huge game for the Cowboys as well. Yeah, it
1: definitely is a huge game for both. And Jones, correct me if I'm wrong, Houston was your beginning of the season Super Bowl pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're trying to keep that in the DL right now, but yes, it was. Yeah, there
1: you go. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, they got a – I think Houston, this is a bus win for them. I think they got – they lucked out, should have been 0-3-1. and, 3 and 1. Um, But, golly, I can't believe the Colts did that. I would be calling for somebody's head. I respect that, you know, the – uh, want want to just go for the win and balls out, but God, that was a bad call. Um, I, I gotta think Houston's gonna win
0: this one. Alright, I'm going with Houston as well. Last one, Washington taking on New Orleans. Uh, a good showing from uh, from Washington last week against, uh, against uh, Green Bay. They won 31-17 at home. Alex Smith, a familiar name to KC fans. Uh, I know that everybody loves what Mahomes is doing, but Alex Smith is playing fairly well. They have a good quarterback, they have a good offense there in Washington, but New Orleans is just on fire right now. Tom, uh, you gonna go with New Orleans as a six and a half point favorite, or are you gonna go with the R words?
1: You know what, I gotta go, I have to go with New Orleans, I like too much of what they're doing. Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, uh, I the Saints are rolling in.
0: I, here, here's what I got, Tom. I like the Saints to win this game, but I don't see them winning by six and a half. I think this is about a three or four point game. Give me the R words to cover and uh, New Orleans to win. So those are our picks for this week. You can follow along all season long. Currently, right now, Billy is our leader, Billy Locke. He's 33 and 17, 19 and 11 in college football picks, 14 and 6 in the uh, NFL. Tom is uh, 32 and 18, one game back. Uh, and then uh, our buddy uh, Derek Harris is 27 and 23. Nolan is 26 and 24. And uh, I'm in last place, Riot 500 at 25 and 25. But onward and upward from here, we're gonna make some uh, make some climb up in the standings over the next couple of weeks. Got off to a rough start, but have bounced back the last couple of weeks. So there's a good times ahead. I keep telling myself that. Tom, you're only one I game. Money. Yes. You're only one game back, Tom, and uh, you, you, you've been on fire lately uh, with, with some of these picks. In particular, uh, that uh, the college football side—eight uh, games over five hundred.
1: I need to start betting some money. I could be paying my car payment with just a little, you know, dink and dunk game of pickup. I mean, this, you know, for you, yeah, there was a long time I doubted myself, and so far, I'm thinking, "Damn, what am I doing?"
0: Right. I need to
1: be dropping real. I, I figure though. I figure this though, and it always works this way. As soon as I drop some real money, I'll
0: go right into the It happens. It always does. I'm terrible at gambling. Right. Once it, you once it doesn't cost you when you're not overthinking this, then uh, then it could hurt you in that regard. Uh, but yeah, this. Think about this. So you're 32 and 18. If uh, if you would have bet a hundred dollars on every game right now, Tom. You would have made about fourteen hundred bucks.
1: That's insane. I could have bought a plane ticket to go see Dolan. <laughs> a I could couple. have bought a couple plane tickets, yeah.
0: Yeah. You could have brought uh you could have brought me with you, you know. I mean yeah.
1: I could have bought a lot fourteen hundred dollars to buy you a lot of things. I would probably And that's on, 1400 dollars to buy a badass cruise.
0: And that's only five weeks of picks as well um so yeah that you you could have done that but no yeah I didn't it. you didn't um I don't so. think I,
1: I don't think I have a hundred dollars on each game I don't think I have a grand a week <laughs> to spend <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> I don't think I have a grand to just throw down maybe a grand over five
0: weeks <laughs> there you go there you go maybe so maybe so but that's our picks for this week continue to follow along every week here on the Jones Report. All right, before we get out of here today, time for our Tom Fullery story of the week this week. And, Tom, we do not have to go very far at all for this uh, this story, a place that, uh, that I have been many, many times. Uh, I go quite frequently, actually.
1: Yeah, this one's hitting pretty close to home here, and God knows, depending on where he took a greyhound to, uh, he might have crossed paths. Um, so this is yesterday, came out yesterday, headline reads flight forced to land at kansas city international after drunken man wouldn't stop doing pull-ups an unruly passenger who forced an unscheduled landing at kansas city international airport on monday night was apparently intoxicated and refused to stop using the aircraft's overhead compartments to do pull-ups, according to the Boston-area news outlets. The flight, American Airlines Flight 2763, was en route from Phoenix to Boston when it made an unscheduled landing in Kansas City about 7.45 p.m. because of a passenger's behavior, according to a KCI spokesman. Boston's local CBS affiliate WBZ-TV reported the man was already intoxicated when he boarded the flight with a woman and two dogs. He was leaning up against where you put the bags overhead, and a passenger came by and said, what are you going to do, some pull-ups? And the guy actually crabbed onto it and started doing some pull-ups on the plane in front of everybody. The man then re- reportedly ordered more beer and alcohol while continually doing the pull-ups. Flight attendants eventually asked three or four times to sit down. The passenger refused and got really verbally abusive, calling the flight attendant names. After the plane landed, the man was escorted off the flight, off KCI property, but was not arrested or charged, according to the FBI. The flight then continued from Kansas City at about 9.45 p.m., landing in Boston shortly after 1 p.m. Jones, I can't believe they didn't get him for a P.I. Right? uh, Yeah, at least something. I mean, that was very generous. That was I mean, very this could have Went a lot worse than him just getting escorted off. He could have been spending the night in whatever county Kansas City's in, in the jail.
0: Good thing about this, so been. if he's got family or friends, whatever, that were expecting to see him in Boston or somebody goes to pick him up or something like that, and you know it's about 9:45 and he calls him. He says. Uh, Hey, uh, I've landed. And they're like, okay, I don't see you. I'm like, oh, um, I landed in KC because I got kicked off a plane because I was drunk doing pull ups. Um, I mean, that's not going to fly by with very many people very well. That's not a good look by any means. Here, here, here's another point of thought, though, Tom. If he was just doing pull-ups, like the guy wants to get swole, like just let him keep doing the pull-ups. Like, is that really the worst thing in the world that a guy wants to get, you know, you know, get get in shape or something? Like, I, I can think of a lot worse things he could have been doing.
1: Yeah, that is very true. Now, plot twist here: it says, and I didn't read this before uh, until just now, he was a, with a woman and two dogs, and they're they're coming from Phoenix. Um, you know, maybe he heard about, you you know, maybe even better, maybe he was an Arizona Cardinals fan and saw how shitty they're doing and how good Kansas City is and maybe just decided to make it that his new home. Or another thing, maybe his, you know, maybe he was like, you know what, my wife's being just a a huge, bleep me out if you will, maybe she's just being a total bitch. (laughs) <laughs> he was like, I've had enough of this. Maybe that's why he was drunk when he got on the plane. His wife was taking him to see his Boston mother-in-law, which, oh, I can only imagine what a terrible mother-in-law mixed with a Boston accent would be. And their two probably Cocker Spaniels or whatever type of terrible dog they had. Maybe he was just trying to get away from his wife.
0: I mean, Kansas a, I City's... Know. As somebody that lives in the area, Kansas City is not a bad place to escape. I like Kansas City. I mean, if you're going to get kicked off a flight and forced to land, I mean, there's a lot worse places he could have ended up than KC. I mean, because the timing of it, like... There's no, I mean, just as shortly
1: later, about 30 minutes later, he would have landed in St. Louis.
0: Right? I mean, like, if he waits to start the pull-ups... You mentioned thirty minutes later he ends up in St. Louis. I mean, that's a lot worse off. I, I, I mean, I could see it.
1: I mean, now shortly before that, maybe they take a dis, maybe they take a detour to Denver, which wouldn't be too bad. Or maybe, at, what would be after St. Louis? Would it be like going northeast? Would it be Cleveland
0: or Cincinnati or something like that?
1: Yeah, so Ohio, no. Yeah, no. I would not want to land there either. Now, don't get me wrong. I like, from what I've heard about it, I would love to visit Boston. And I, you know, there's a lot of beer, I, you know, good sports, all the good things. I would love to go to Boston. That's actually on my list. Um, but maybe you want to get it away from his wife, Kansas City, as far as like the cost of living.
0: Okay. Not bad. So I'm looking at the flight pattern right now, now that we've gotten to this point, Tom. And. Okay. I mean, KC may have been his best option because after that, then you're looking at Indianapolis, St. Louis, Columbus, um, maybe Pittsburgh. I mean, like, of all those cities that he could possibly get dumped in, that was probably his best option on this flight pattern.
1: I'm thinking so. Maybe he made the right decision. Maybe he'll turn his life around. And open up a gym in Kansas City, where he can do pull-ups till his heart's content.
0: Right? Just keep on doing pull-ups. And, like, maybe offer beer as well.
1: I love it. I love the idea.
0: I'll visit. I want to check this out. Let's help him. Let's turn this story into from a bad ball. thing to a good thing.
1: I wish they would have released his name. Right? I wonder if we can find out if that's public information. I wonder if we can find out the guy's name and, and do just like the welfare check or make sure he's...
0: Well, I uh, hate that we can't. It would be easy to track down if we could just, you know, get an arrest report, but they didn't arrest him. Duh.
1: You know what? Maybe that's why he's like, you know what? Kansas City didn't arrest me. Nah, they're cool enough. I'm going to stay.
0: Right. I'm going to tell the wife to, you know, hey, get that plane turned around or something, you know.
1: Maybe you'll see him. at. Are you going to the game this weekend, Kansas City, Jacksonville?
0: I am not, actually.
1: Oh, bummer. I was about to say you might see him at
0: the game. Maybe uh, maybe he wanted to get away from his wife so bad. Not just the mother-in-law, but like, uh, I'm done with the wife, I'm done with the dogs, like, I'm moving to KC, and this is my free way to do so.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe his wife even paid for the trip, and he was like, you know what, I'm not moving to Boston, not doing it.
0: Man. And just got off. Tom, I, I know you you have a girlfriend and uh, and and you know her parents. Um, so if they're listening, turn turn off the show right now. You can you can go away now. Everyone else, keep on listening. Um, would, would would you pull off something like this to, to stay away from them? Maybe.
1: No, actually, I love her parents.
0: Okay, that's the correct answer. Now you can keep but on listening. I'm serious. I do. They're great. Okay. Okay. They're
1: great. Now I've had my share of run-ins with potential terrible mother-in-laws, and I will say that her parents are actually awesome.
0: Okay. Now, in, in some of your past relationships, would you have pulled something off like this to avoid you know, seeing in-laws, maybe?
1: Mm, maybe not quite that bad, because I'd have to have a severe game plan ready because I'm not... I mean, Kansas City to Boston... Okay, so that's like a, a solid midway point. Like, Kansas City to Phoenix is a long ways. Kansas City to Boston is probably
0: further... Yeah, that's a bit I mean, of a he's distance. Pretty
1: much, he's pretty much on his own.
0: Right? He's,
1: just,
0: if, uh, he's just going he for it.
1: Kansas City, I just hope that he didn't go down to... Uh, what's it called? What's the district?
0: Oh, uh... Okay. Go down to... Uh, Joe's
1: Pizza? Joe's Pizza's down there.
0: Joe's... <laughs> oh, the blue... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, there's some bad districts down there.
1: There's one. It's right next to the plaza. Hold on. We're not into the show until I look it up.
0: All right. I'm. I've looked up the 10 worst Kansas City neighborhoods. Let's see. Um hey, name it,
1: I'll tell you exactly what it South is. South
0: Blue Valley, North Blue Ridge, Marlboro East, East Blue Valley, Ingleside, Evenhoe Northeast. Uh... Even ho Southeast.
1: No, nope, with freaking Westport.
0: Westport! Oh, Westport. Yeah, oh man. I, I just a just quick story before we go.
1: A friend and I were staying in the Crown Crown Plaza district after a John Mayer concert and we got out and we went to the I went bars to, with you to that around.
0: concert, but I went back to my place.
1: Oh, that is true. And we got drunk after that. Tyler, I think you were underage and I'm gonna say you still got into the bar and it was awesome. That was the Thank- same night. You left and then we were like, "Man, we're hungry. We want some pizza." And so I looked up the
0: best pizza. Open. Th- thanks for outing me, by the way. Uh, Hopefully, it doesn't come hey, back you to got, You
1: know, you're you're 22 now. It doesn't matter anymore. It's done and over with.
0: Okay, but carry on. Either
1: way, so we go call the cab or call the Uber. We're going to Joe's Pizza, mind you. I don't know any other district besides like the Crown, Crossroads, and Power Line. <laughs> Is it just a Kansas City tourist? Those are the three. That's where the party's at. This is the only pizza place really open. It's Joe's Pizza. It's in Westport. I have no idea, but I know it's uh, it's, it's a mile away from our hotel. But completely two completely different districts. If you're any what familiar with Kansas City, it's the Crown Crown Plaza versus Westport. And we get in the, the Uber. And he's like, "Where are you guys going?" And we're like, "Joe's Pizza." And he just starts laughing. He can tell we're not from here. He just starts cracking up, and we're like, "What's so funny?" He was like, "Oh, nothing." He was like, "Joe's pizza's pretty good." And <laughs> and then he then he lets us out. Mind you, it's like three thirty in the morning. We pull up, and we get out, and he's like, "All right, guys, have fun," and then dips out. And then Jose and I look at each other. And we're like, "Oh, this is not right." And there's like fourteen cop cars, like twenty officers. There's like people fighting in the street. There's like a super long line. Um, I was like, what in the world? Like people cussing, banging, banging music. I mean, it was incredible. And <clears throat> and we go get our pizza. There's this freaking security guard inside the pizza store. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And it was like, well, and we look at the Ubers and they're all t- they were all going to take so long. And Jose was like, let's just walk back to the hotel. And I was like, let's run back to the hotel. And we, we didn't run, and we didn't walk, but it was definitely a power walk. Like, imagine a grandma walking in the mall power walk. And we made it back and vowed never to go back to Westport after 2 a.m.
0: If you went that far, you should have went ahead and got the pizza at that point.
1: No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. We got the pizza.
0: Oh, you did? You did? Yeah, we weren't
1: just going to leave without the
0: pizza. Trust Okay, me. okay. I mean, Joe's,
1: Joe's pizza is Joe's pizza solid. Some of the best drunk pizza I've ever had. Would I go again at 3:30 in the morning? No, never.
0: I am skeptical that Joe's Pizza makes a point of like offering honey.
1: Oh, wow! Did you look it up or have you been?
0: Uh, I, I, I've, have I've heard of it. Like on every table, they have honey, like a jar of honey. I
1: did not know that. We didn't stick around long enough to find out.
0: Like that to me got has me a little skeptical. Like, who needs honey with pizza?
1: That is true. You know, I could eat honey with the crust. I wouldn't be opposed to that. And not to
0: mention, but, like, I don't like honey either. Wow, I did
1: not know that. That is incredible. I don't know how you don't like
0: honey. I, I don't know how white this makes me sound, Tom, but my. The, the, the two places that I try to stick to in, in, in uh, KC proper are uh, Power and Light and the uh, Country Club Plaza. The,
1: the, I never heard of that. I. The, the Crossroads is awesome
0: difference. Oh, Crossroads, too. Okay. So those three. The the Plaza, um, Power and Light, and uh, the Crossroads. And then, like, you know, of course, Truman Sports Complex. But uh, other than that, like, I, I stay away from the rest of KC. I don't
1: blame. I, like I said, I hope that guy that got off the plane, I, I hope he didn't go to Joe's Pizza at 3.30 in
0: the morning. Because uh, he might not live to tell about it.
1: He might not be able to open his drunk gym. No. No.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. And uh, that does it for today's edition of the Jones Report. Uh, We advise you to uh, be careful when going to Joe's Pizza at 3 in the morning. Now, if they want us to do a show from Joe's Pizza at 3 in the morning, we'd be glad to. Just might need some security. Um, And uh, (laughs) we'll see you right back here next week. Big thanks to Eric Almarola for stopping by as well. Looking forward to talking to him in a couple weeks uh, out at Kansas Speedway, and uh, we'll see you next time right back here on the Jones Report. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Tyler Jones Live. Follow Thomas at Thomas underscore Bridges, TJ Media Group, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live and TJ Media Group as well. Uh, subscribe to the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all, and we will see you here next week. For Eric Almarola and Thomas Bridges, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. Have a great week, everybody.
1: The Jones Report. F- yeah.